Hello and welcome home. You're listening to the Tribe Abuja podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you to know and make known the truth and love of God the Father as expressed through His Son, Jesus. Let's listen to the message. All right, so we are, uh, Eva and I want to round up by God's grace um, what we started two weeks ago. We could not finish all the questions, but let's see how we do that. Um, let's just see what we can cover now. So please, can you help me welcome Pastor Eva Danielsuf. Amen. Okay, Ini, uh, can you send the link again? Cause, um, so we will not be taking new questions, um, unfortunately, but um, we will love to cover, guess it's not, we will love to cover as much as possible as we can. Uh, but let's see how it goes, sure. Let's see how it goes. How's everybody doing? How many of us enjoyed the one two weeks ago? Please, can we, help, can we appreciate Michael preached fire last week? Okay. You need a link, please. Okay, um, so our goal here, you know, like I said, discipleship is actually, um, um, the Lord has called the church to two things, discipleship and evangelism. So evangelism is to go out and what? Preach the gospel, right? To tell people and invite people like, hey, here's what I'm experiencing. Come and experience it. I know Jesus. Come and know him. That's what evangelism is, right? And it takes various forms, various shapes. Discipleship now is the people that have come in, we are what? Training them to become like Christ. Not like a pastor, not like a youth fellowship leader, not like a president. Not It's to become like who? It's become like Christ. It's become like Jesus. So the end goal of your spiritual formation journey, at the end of the day, is till Christ is formed in you. Amen. So I'm praying, just as the apostle prayed for the church, that I wish that you prosper just as your soul prospers. I am praying that your relationships, your marriages will prosper just as you are prospering spiritually. Amen. We don't want to be hot Christians and our marriages are a disaster. Are you with me? We do not want to look good on the gram, be able to quote 100 scriptures, but the primary ministry of marriage that God has called us to isn't flourishing. So it is our duty as your pastors to arm you with as much as possible to pray over you, to give you the tools to encourage you. Amen. How many of us keep hearing Pastor Eva's rant in our heads? Some of you, I'm sure sometimes, they, they, you probably wanted to do something and you just kept on seeing and hearing. Don't do that. <laughs> Violence. All right. Okay. Can you say a prayer as we start? In Jesus' name, our Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your word, for your presence, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you because... The entrance of your word will give us light. Thank you because you will speak to us your will, your mind, your heart, your thoughts, your desires, so that our hearts and our line, our thoughts, our will will align with yours 
and the outcome of our, of our lives will be Christ. So that's what we desire today. If there be any walls in our hearts, any walls built by experience that will hinder the free flow of your truth, this morning we ask that you pull down and you give space for the Holy Spirit to teach us the right things, the God things, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise because we know that you will heal, you will restore, you will deliver. And we look forward to these things this morning. For in Jesus' name, pray. Amen. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to load the link. Um, Ini, can you... Do you have it? Okay, so we've not answered some questions here, and um, we're going to start with, huh, you guys sent some questions. How do you handle a relationship where the lady likes physical touch and triggers a lot of things? Eva. Don't do that. Okay. These relationships, these are like a marriage relationship. Mm. Who asked that? Reveal yourself. No. <laughs> um, the short answer is, in a relationship, you're not even supposed to be touching each other. You're not supposed to be looking at each other. You're not supposed to be. <laughs> okay, but um, here's the thing. What does physical touch mean? Do you like handshakes? Do you like fist bumps, right? But we are not small children. We know. We know. We know what, um, I can, uh, let me assume I know what you're talking about. Um, I will honestly say this. Why do you want to put yourself in trouble? Um, if, it, if it's a trigger for you, why, why are you allowing it? Why are you permitting it um, as, a, as a man? Honestly, they, see, there is no praying in tongues for lust. There is no reading the Bible. There is no, you know, these things. The, in the Bible, the, the, the recommendation is to flee. So flee is not just packing your legs and run. It is ending conversations. It is not entertaining certain topics. It is not entertaining certain kinds of things in your life, right? So if you're in a relationship where it's just about... Guys, let me just say this. In case you're not aware, we're talking about Christian marriages here. So I'm not going to be talking to, I'm talking to, about Christian marriages, and I'm talking, I believe I'm talking to Christians. So if you don't like what I'm saying, talk. Um, I, won't, I won't recommend it. I won't, I won't recommend it. I, I don't know if I words these things better than I do. So maybe you help, this, help here. Uh, okay, I would just say. And it was um, your password. Just try as much as possible to give yourself the distance that does not encourage physical touch. So if that's an issue for you, when you want to meet, try and meet in 
public, meet in a public place, or have do like our parents did, invite your friends to be there with you <laughs> when you meet. Because there's a very thin line between zero and 100. And then it's the devil we usually call that line. So when we cross lines, the devil that caused it. And the devil's like, ah. <laughs> So, and, and practical things to do. Try and meet in a public place, you know, or have friends around. When, while we were dating, um, Emmanuel Abo was our, our doorkeeper. I don't know, he's not here today. So every time he's always in the house, uh, we always leave him in the palo, the door open. Do you understand? Because it's just help yourself. And like when I okay, should we go to questions? <laughs> uh, I want to get married before. Okay, no, that was the one that. Um, how do I deal if my fiance's parents do not love me? I know this is the person God has for me. They don't hate me, but they are just nonchalant. Interesting. Okay, um, let me share this with you. Um, so, my younger sister got married to an Idoma man. And you guys know Eva is Idoma as well. And uh, I am half, I'm half plateau, half delta. And um, my, after my mom passed, um, my Isoko family, they practically raised us as well. Like, but like they just always wanted us around. They did not want us to feel abandoned, right? Um, when I took Eva to meet some of my family members on the other side, one of the things, uh, no, they love you now. So. Uh, one of the things one of them said was, ha. Your sister Mary Idoma, you said one Mary Idoma. And you know, it was at a party, right? So one of them said, See, I'll give you one Isoko girl here. See, her father is a general. I almost married a general's daughter, Eva. But you know, it, took, it was three months later, later after um, I'd initially introduced her to the family that, and this is not like many of my. Um, just in case some of them are watching. <laughs> Many of them already fell in love with Eva. They loved Eva, you know, but it was just a concern for others, right? But it was now at my, at a family function, and Eva was just helping out, serving, do you understand? And everyone was, ah, who is that girl, that fine girl in wearing yellow lace? Was it a lace? Yes. So everybody now started telling me, because they thought it was my younger sister's friend, that is one of your sister's friends that is here. She's humble. She's, <laughs> she's this, she's that. And do you know, that's what sold her. So when I, I said, okay, uh, hey, mommy, this is Eva. She's my girl. Like, oh, they, that sold them. But before then, I'm just trying to say, it kind of happened. To, it's not like they hated her or nothing. It's just, you know, parents being parents, right? Um, but before then, we really used to just pray um, about, different, about our families and, and all. I used to think her sisters would not necessarily like me. I did not know they were the ones going through the corners, fighting on my behalf. Um, so what I would say is, if you truly believe this is the person for you, honestly, stay in the place of prayer 
um, family drama is really, really hard. Um, we've seen how it's torn um, marriages, families apart, and um, it's unnecessary burden that you do not want, right? So what I'll say is, before you make any major move, um, seek counsel, but pray. Um, there's something that we, we used to say in, uh, in YWAP. We, we call it ironing people's heads. What that means is we are just praying for that person. We're not literally ironing someone's head, but we're just praying for God to intercede and for God to reveal our hearts to, do you understand, to that person. Does that make sense, guys? So um, some people, just, it's cultural biases, um, some kind of cultural history, whatever, and they are judging you based on information that doesn't even concern you necessarily. So that's what I'll say. You don't want unnecessary um, fights. So just enter the place of prayer. Honestly, you may roll your eyes and say, you're, you're a pastor, you're just talking about prayer, but I'm telling you, it works. It works. Okay, um, I will just say quickly that do your best to get the blessing of the parents. Do all you can. Let it be that you've tried everything that you know to do, and then if it doesn't work, do you understand? Because the, the blessing of a parent is very, very important in a marriage. Sometimes the, your parents are seeing something that you are not seeing, and it's important. So, for instance, before I married Jesse, they sent somebody to his village to go and investigate. Serious? Yes. Yeah, and they had questions like, is there any history of slave trade? Is there any history of epilepsy? Is there any history of um, idolatry? Is there any history of, you know, to check so that we'll know <laughs> what we are really doing here. Do you understand? So, because there's, there's, su there's such a thing as generational lines. There's such a thing as DNA, there's such a thing as family patterns, there's such a thing as family cycles, you understand? So having all this information is important. If your parents are telling you something that you should be listening to, listen to it. Well, if it's, if it's something that is not, it's not consequential, like, okay, evil people, they are too proud, all those kind of things, then you can, it's something that God can go ahead of you and sort out. I'll just give you a very short story. Um, my, when my mom, my mom is the firstborn in a Yoruba family. My grandfather is a chief, and there was no way in heaven he was going to allow his daughter marry outside the, you know, tribe. And when she brought my dad home, um, they already told her no. And they told her that if it's lack of men that is worrying her, they can help her out because it's like she's, it's like she's not looking in the right direction. And they really did. Do you understand? They brought a few people around, meet and greet and stuff. <laughs> but the thing, she, she didn't fight them. She didn't insult them. She didn't prove like she knew better than they did. She just did not bring any other person home. And she prayed. You know, at some point, grandchildren will start worrying your parents. So then I said, saying, ah, how far now? What's going on? You know, and my grandmom asked her if if she was really sure as God, what God wanted for her. And what she did was, it was my grandmom that fought her battle. Because earlier, my grandmom wanted to marry somebody from another tribe, and they didn't allow her. And so she said, what happened to her will not happen to her daughter. But if my mom had insisted, fought, you know, they would have prevailed upon her. 
So do the God way. Do you understand? Be patient, committed to prayer, listen when you should listen. But if it's something that you know that God can create a way for you, then do it. But you see that blessing of your parents is very, is key. Do not understate it because you were not made to live life alone. You cannot do it. When you have your firstborn, you will, you will, look, for your, you will look for your mother and your parents. You will look for them with, with, with. So don't discard them now because of love. Do you understand? There are other things in front that you need them for. All right. He's tender-hearted, a godly man. I deeply value the way he loves me. I'm not physically attracted to him. I know he's deeply attracted to me. It's been two months, and we will be celebrate good, based on our faith. Should we continue, or is this a recipe for disaster? So basically, does physical attraction matter? We should repeat it. Should I use the same voice? <laughs> he's dead. Hey, he's tender-hearted, a godly man. I deeply value the way he loves me. I'm not physically attracted to him. I know he's deeply attracted to me. It's been two months, and we will be celebrate based on our faith. Should we continue, or is this a recipe for disaster? Um, so it's physical attraction. The guy deeply loves her. Uh, he is attracted to her, but she is not physically attracted to him. So does physical attraction matter? Yes, it does. Um, however, it is not everything, right? If you make a decision by just the shape of um, a body, or you want Coke bottle, you want um, La Cassel, whatever, whatever, bottle shape <laughs> see beauty fades guys beauty fades honestly um, what if your first day after the wedding um, hot oil pours on your face do you understand I'm just trying to think of something outrageous and what's what's initially attracted you to them is no longer there <laughs> it's okay calm down no what like beauty feet something can happen right you want all that can answer what if an accident happens and he's crippled he's no longer at all <laughs> he's still dark i'm just <laughs> i'm just saying right is it important i believe so because it's 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 beautiful to you know Fall in love with someone you're attracted with, right? But it's not, don't just base it on all of that. There's so many other things. Do you understand that um, you should be dealing with and answering? But if you're attracted, great. But trust me, you're lucky that somebody loves you in this 2022 and is attracted to you. Streets are hard, fam. Like, <laughs> from what I've heard. Because <laughs> I'm not in the streets, you understand? Uh, so here's what I'm saying. It's important, but it's not that important. Um, I, think, I think that's fine. Does that make sense, guys? All right. Um, someone said, love gets you married, but intelligence keeps you 
What's this? Someone said, love gets you married, but intelligence keeps your home. How true is that? Love does not get you married. Love does not get you married. People can walk out and go and sign at the registry tomorrow. You don't need to be in love. As I'm, I'm thinking the way they, dis, they, they are defining love. You don't need to be in love. You don't have to have some kind of emotional thing to be married. Am I lying? You can literally just walk to the registry, set a date, and be married. So love does not keep you married. But here, what we're saying in Christianity, you, love is not just emotions. It's a decision. It's something you will to do. You wake up and you say, I'm going to love this person. Do you understand? So it, it does, it's not love that keeps you married. It's you saying, I want to be married to this person, and I'm going to love this person. Um, if you're talking about emotional intelligence, because I don't know what you mean by intelligence, um, there are different kinds of intelligence, right? So if it's emotional intelligence, if it's spiritual intelligence, I'll say yes to an extent, because you need to be informed, do you understand, to keep your home. Um, you need to be wise to keep your home, to keep your family, to keep your ministry. So, yeah. But do you understand? I don't know. Do you want to add to that? I was going to say that... Um this intelligence you are talking about, like how intelligent can it be of somebody that you don't know, like you are going to discover in the marriage, except the intelligence you are talking about is your knowledge of God. Because the person that you are married to, you people have never been married before. It's not like people tried, then people dropped it, then you came back again. So you know what it means to be married to that person. You don't know. So God is the one who keeps your marriage. And if your definition of love is from the scriptures, then it's love that keeps you married. Because love is patient and is kind and is not irritable, it's not haughty, it's not does not seek its own, it's not jealous, it does not triumph over evil. You know, it's you know that that's that's what love is. The legacy of love that we have is sacrifice, is selflessness, is putting yourself on the line, is dying. No greater love than this, the scripture says, that a man should lay down his life for his friend. If that's the love you are talking about, then love keeps a home. But if the love you are talking about is emotion, emotion fades. Now, now, two of us can be friends. Now, now, we can argue. Emotion's gone. Is it like, we are, we, are, we are going to eat outside. The food is not nice. I can change it for you. Love, do you understand? So if it's love as defined by emotion is fickle, is changing, is fleeting, it's not always, it's not every time where all of us have sense. Sometimes our head is to touch. Do you understand? So if the, the, the decisions you make, the emotional decision you make on another person, please understand that that person also has the right to make emotional decisions concerning you. So if the standard of love you are talking about is what you need for somebody else, are you okay if that person makes that same decision concerning you? So I, I, I really, basically, I really don't know how to answer your question. All right. Um, how do you deal with not feeling enough for your partner? Huh. How do you deal with not feeling enough for your partner? So I would like to know more. Is it your partner is not making you feel enough? Or do you feel um, he or she is too accomplished or too big for you? Um, what I'll say is I think you need to deal with um, yourself first um, because you may be having some identity crisis 
or um, self-worth crisis, right? So I want everybody in the room to understand something, that God has made and loves each of us equally, and his favor falls upon us equally. And every child of God is that, is a child of God. God does not have last bonds. Are you with me? Amen? God does not have last bonds. He has a firstborn, the begotten son of God, who is Jesus Christ. And then us, the children of God. So you must have, your identity must be cemented. It must be, it must be grounded. I encourage you to read the book of Ephesians. You see, Paul was trying to make everybody understand that in Christ, we, are, we have all spiritual blessing. In Christ, he has named us. In Christ, he has given us everything. Everything in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. So your self-worth must not be attacked. Um, your self-worth, you, you must be, be proud of who God has made you to be. Be proud of who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying, guys? Regardless of your economic status, of your social status, or whatever the world defines you by, don't define yourself by other people. Don't, don't enter into that because it's very unhealthy. So I don't know if this is a guy or a girl that is asking, but I'll say really be confident in who God has made you to be. And um, if the person is making you feel less than, then I don't think you're in a healthy relationship. And it's either you communicate that or you leave that, honestly. If it's, if it's, if it, that's if you're not married. Anyway, if you, I'm assuming this person is not married, right? So, uh, I'll say that's what I'll say. You need to deal with your own ego, your own self-worth. Be grounded in who Christ has made you to be, in who he has called you, that you have worth, you have eternal value, because you are Christ. Amen, tribe. Amen. So, um, I'll add that after you have done that, you can communicate with the person. Okay, what can I do, you know, or what are some of the things that you would like you know me to do and just try and make sure that it's not always you asking all the time so let it be a con let, let it be something that you will set out time to do together do you understand so each maybe once every month or something you say okay um what what is the one thing that you want me to work on or be better at that will make that will help you or make our relationship more and then you can the person can share with you and you can also share with the person that Oh, here is one thing that I want you to work on and do that will make me enjoy this relationship better or something. Because the relationship is between two people. And if you feel like you're not doing enough, there must be a reason for that feeling. And if you want to do better, then do better. Just know what you should do and then do it. Okay, lastly, um, if you're in a relationship, I believe that more than anybody, you should be gassing up your partner. Do you understand? Like, make them see them like one of the things that I'm, I'm so blessed by this woman because she makes like whenever, whenever I'm at, at my lowest like she's the loudest person like her voice is the loudest that is making me she's reminding me of my calling reminding me of who God has made me do you understand like I have for once never felt less than since you know Eva and I have been together she has always made me see myself larger than do you get. And we will often get into those places where life will um, block us from seeing 
because you know situations different things may happen and you may feel down you may start to look down upon yourself if there's no one to uplift you at that point you know it's it's, it's usually hard so be in your relationships be the person that encourages other people because the gift the the ministry of encouragement is exactly that it's a ministry do you know that do you guys know that it's a gift of the holy spirit to encourage people so i want to encourage you to please do that everything okay so pastor eva this one's for you how did you prepare to be a good wife you know your phone has locked again are there any practical steps? That was the question. How did you prepare to be a good wife? Uh, I'm the most clueless person. I did not prepare. I was shocked. <laughs> I entered surprised. <laughs> I just entered. I was just like, wow. Okay. So, I don't know. I'm not helping you, I know. But I just, I know that I, I, I try my best to be a good person. Do you understand? I try my best to follow God. I try my best to um, allow my life align with the scriptures. So I did a lot of work at being a good, confident person, like being confident in who I am and what I know and what I believe. So like my values and my priorities are mine. Like I can confidently, these things are mine, can defend them, you know, and I'm not afraid to take corrections. So these are things that you put into your marriage. Do you understand? You are not somebody else because you are married. You don't, I, I'm not, I don't stop being Eva because I'm Jesse's wife. So there's no, I, I don't prepare to be a wife. I prepare to be a good person. And I bring that goodness into my marriage. And then as a wife, like, I'll, whatever, like, we communicate a lot. We learn that whatever our marriage will be is what we make the marriage. So we always ask each other questions. What do we want our marriage to look like? What are the things that we can do to make our marriage get to where we want it to get to? And so that's, those are the conversations we have. And so he can boldly tell me, I don't like when you do this and this and this. And I know that because we already have an agreement of where we are going to, I better shape up. Do you understand? And then I can do the same for him. I say, I don't like when you do this and this and this. And because he has an understanding of where we are going, we can do so. If you, so my, the goal that I'm trying to reach is that how do you prepare to be a wife to somebody that you are not a wife already to that person? What if your preparation is not what the person needs? What if after getting ready, that's not what the person likes? Okay, you learn to cook like your mother, but your husband does not like your mother's food. Do, do you understand what, what I'm, I'm saying? So... Be a Christian. Be a good person. Have standards and values that are according to the precepts of Christ. Then when you get into, try and marry somebody that is willing to build a home with you. You know, there are some people that already have an idea what their marriage is, and you are coming to fit a puzzle. And if you don't fit that puzzle, nothing for you. So if that's your preference, so that's, that's great. Do you get But I would just advise that. Be teachable in a marriage. Let your husband be able to talk to you and let him be able to be talked to. Yes, so that people can work together. Because you don't know, marriage in 2022 is not marriage in 1985. Marriage in 2025 will not be marriage in 2022. 
And it is a work in progress. You have to keep building based on what you are seeing in front. And you cannot be rigid and insist on some things that you know will change. Now women are working. What if you married a man that said he doesn't want you to work? Do you understand? Like how do you deal with that? And he's never evolving, he's never changing. How do you deal with that in, in front of you? So I would, I would just advise you, work on yourself. Find out what um, a, a good Christian should be. You can also read the Bible. There are, there are scriptures about a good wife, what a good wife looks like, how she creates, she keeps her home, what her priorities are. Try and look more for principles than actions. Try and look more for value systems than step-by-step -step plans. Do you understand? Tell us a practical approach to establishing who a new couple will both be accountable to and how they will be accountable to them. You can use yourselves as an example. So Eva and I are accountable to our pastors, Pastor Fedi and Lilia Dumefe. Um, we are accountable to Dr. Charles and um, his wife, Dr. Oche Ononiwu. Um, we are accountable to um, Apostle Yemi Adifarasin, who officiated our wedding. And we are still, we haven't even finished our counseling with him. We still go for counseling, marriage counseling with him. Um, because we believe that counseling is not so that someone can get married. It's, it's, um, it's a guide dur before, during, and even after. That's how we see it, and that's how we treat it. After, mar after wedding, you guys get what I'm saying. You get. Uh, that's how we see it. It's not, some people just see counseling as, oh, okay, let me just take this off as, as, a, as a righteous thing to do. But we see it as a, we still need guidance, right? So Apostle Yemi was asking us deep questions our, our first month after marriage, right? Like, how do you deal with finding out his mouth smells? Or why? Some other questions, you know, that we cannot probably share here. But... Um, that's how we see it. So we're accountable to these people. Uh, what we recommend here is that if you're getting married here, you're accountable to us, your pastors, right? And um, we try to look for older couples. Until Eva's dad's passing as well, we're accountable to, to Eva's dad and mom. But we're still accountable to you know, her mom, who is, as I've shared, is an elder here over family and marriages. So if um, people that are getting married here at the tribe, you get counseled by us, then Eva's mom, then you round up with us. But that's what we do here. So there are some people here that are getting married this year, and they've already told us, you know, and we've, we're currently counseling about two uh, or three, and um, they have said they want to be accountable to us, right? And we won't force our, we won't force, see, we don't force, ourselves or anybody, unless we see you're entering highway and we, are, we don't want that. Do you get? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, accountability is important. All right. Um, we, are, we also have, God has blessed us with good godly friends that are our peers. So we are also accountable to our friends that are uh, our peers and that are married. Married. Just because single people, they have a lot to say about marriage. So we, we want to be accountable who have been through the fire <laughs> and they come out as gold. Amen. 
So the, one of the reasons why we have so many people we are, account we are accountable to these different people based on different areas in our lives. So we are accountable to Apostle Yemi based on marriage and ministry, right? We are accountable to my parents based on marriage and life and parenting and everything. So we have all these checks because they want to help you keep, they keep you in check. Sometimes you're not always thinking straight because you're clouded by emotional judgment. And before you make any permanent decision in temporary circumstances, it's good to hear a clear voice. It's good to have somebody tell you, calm down and think it through. It's good to have somebody pray with you when you are in the storm, when you don't have the words to pray by yourself, or you don't have the scriptures in your head. Do you understand? Because I, like I always say, you are not called to live life alone. You cannot do it by yourself. You, you cannot do it by yourself. Not just because you, it's not because you are not able or you are not intelligent or brilliant or capable, but because God did not create you like that. So there will always be that void, that, uh, that space where somebody else is supposed to be feel. And sometimes it helps check your pride level. Sometimes you just feel like um, all that. And God needs to remind you to be humble because there are, there are some things that you will never see until you have come down to the place of humility. There are some, there's some growth you will never accomplish. There are some fights that are unnecessary, but you can't see them until somebody points them out to you. So it helps check your pride level. It helps keep you sane. There, there are people right now on my phone that if something's happening, I can type, come and get me. Now. One, two, three. And they will be right there. You need people like that in your life that can help you from making decisions that are not godly. So accountability is important. Even in relationship, before you get married, be accountable to people so that when, so for instance, if you tell me you are dating somebody, let me disclaimer, if you tell me you are dating somebody and I see you somebody else outside, I will go and meet you there. I'm saying it now so that before you tell me you know, I've, we've already said it. I'll just like, ah, ah. This lady is nice, so. But I've never seen her before. What's your name? I, I can, you know, I can't do it. So before you tell me, think of the consequences in the future. Because it helps you. Like, because we have a lot, people say, sorry I'm taking so long, but people complain about church girls and church guys because you are dating everybody in church, you are going around sampling the, the pack. That's wrong. That's very wrong. Like, what do you want to know that you have to sample? Like, are you doing wine tasting? Do you understand? Like, if you, like, you have the Holy Spirit to help you make a decision. Like, get yourself to the point where you are stable enough to make a concrete decision and not be going around for... So, do you <laughs> So, be accountable. If you are that kind of guy that you are quick to lose interest in something, find somebody who is more stable and be accountable to that person. Anytime you feel like you want to leave and move on, speak to that person about it. Let them give you counsel so that you know that there are reasons to stay. If you are that kind of girl that your mind is... Talk to somebody. Just don't be hearing your vo only your voice all the time. Amen. And it's so weird. The next question. Dating in the church is hard. Christian men in the church are most times unwilling to ask the women on dates because of reasons best known to them. Consequently, Christian women end up dating people not in the church. How do we change this? 
Huh? <laughs> Harry, what is it? <laughs> okay. Um, dating in the church is hard. I feel like the person asking this has someone in mind. And um, do you get, why don't you walk up to him and buy him, offer to take him out for lunch? <laughs> what? No? Coffee and <laughs> conversations. <laughs> nice. But yeah, um, no, but is it, is it a sin? Is it bad if you ask a guy out for lunch? In Nigeria. Okay, guys, if a girl walks up to you and says she wants to take you out for lunch, what will be, who will not mind going for lunch? You won't go, bro. Free lunch. You won't. You put up my mic. <laughs> I have a counter question. How many of you ladies have attempted to ask a guy out for lunch and you ended up badly? They are not going to raise their hands. Oh, it's wow, ended up badly. Did. Oh, they did. No, three raised their hands. Does that mean that you have done it and it ended up well or you never even tried it because of stories that you've heard? Who? Oh. Come on! Can we celebrate Jessica and Theo? Woo! Was it carrot cake? <laughs> we need to hear this story, Jessica. All right, so please, my own... Theo, they use cake to steal your heart. Theo, my own um, thoughts on this matter is not, not from the Bible, it's Eva's personal thoughts. I know that dating is not a Nigerian concept, and I know it's a Western concept. And in the West, when people are dating, they understand that the both parties are just trying to figure each other out. So they know that there's no commitment. They know that it's, we're just trying to figure each other out. So we go on a date, it, it doesn't mean much. We're trying to get to know each other. If it works, fine. If it doesn't work, peace. It was nice to meet you. In Nigeria, Dating sounds like we are exclusive and we are in a relationship. So that's why somebody gets upset if you're dating, if we went on a date and then they see you going out on a date with somebody else. Because they understand that dating is, you ask a girl out, I have an intention to be in a relationship with you, I ask you out and then we are exclusive, lead dating, right? That's what it means. Sometimes people understand this difference but they pick and choose what it means based on what they want it to mean per time and per season. So you meet a girl, you ask her out, you declare your love, and then you now say, no, but we're only dating, we're only trying to get to know each other. That's wickedness, do you understand? Because you have led somebody on, and then because you are not interested, instead of you to do the right thing and break up peacefully, you are now making the person feel like it was all in their head. So before, I don't have anything against asking somebody else on a date if they understand what that means. However, 
be certain that they understand what that means. Be certain that you and the person are on the same page. Be certain that it's not an issue. Because you ask some guys out, they feel like it's demeaning. They feel like they are not man enough to ask you out, so you have to come and ask them out. It's an issue. Be certain that you know what you are doing before you do it. Because you can just be like, oh, 21st century, babe, and stuff. And your life will be changed forever. So please, I'm not, against, I'm not for or against it. I'm just for communication. Be sure that you understand what you are doing. Be sure that the other person understands where you are coming from, what you expect, what you know. Just be sure. Sha. And um, I think, um, let me just see, I'm speaking generally. I think most Christian men would rather not just enter into something they are not sure how it will end. Um, most Christian men will want to um, be in an exclusive relationship when they are sure um, that they are ready to settle down. You know, uh, men have that thing where we say we want to settle down. For them, it's, what does that mean? Uh, most men want to be able to um, not just take care of themselves, but, you know, you're bringing someone's daughter into your life. Like, and so I'll say it's, it's a financial thing. It's a, it's every other thing. And there's a mental thing that they are trying to deal with. So most of the men, for instance, if it's, this person is asking in this church, so I'm guessing, you know, we are all kind of like in the same age range, probably, um, between 21 to, let me say, 39, right? Um, most of the guys in this age range are still and trying to deal and settle down. If it was then, you know, most of our parents, they would have finished uni, gotten a good job, gotten a house, do you understand? Those things. But now millennials, we can hardly take care of ourselves. Do you understand? Like, it's hard. So most men don't want to just start something and um, not be able to go through with it. I'm saying most Christian men. That's what I believe. So, um, yeah, the dating scene is hard. I don't envy single people in 2022, honestly. But um, I pray God will keep you. Let me, the person that asked this question, I want you to know something. What is yours is yours. Amen? What is yours is yours. So, if you believe that there's somebody that you're looking at and is not looking at you, there's something called the subtle art of strategic positioning, right? Be around, but not present. Do you understand? Like, just, okay. Is it bad to have expectations or standards? Are they the same thing? Is it bad to have expectations? Um, I don't think it's bad to have expectations. I think it's um, dangerous to have unrealistic expectations. Um, unrealistic expectation will be you putting on a human being something that is reserved for God alone. So a human being cannot make you happy. A human being cannot satisfy you, cannot complete you. That's, that's expectation for God. But it's good to have expectations. Like, I expect that my husband will not make any major decision without talking to me first. That's a decision that will affect both of us without talking to me first. That's an expectation. But one of the dangers is that sometimes we have expectations that are not communicated. 
So I expect you to do something, but I don't tell you that I'm expecting that of you. And then I get upset when you don't do that. That's unfair. So if you have expectation, communicate them. What happens when you communicate your expectation is you find out if your expectations are realistic or not. So for instance, from the beginning, my husband has told me that he does not like house chores from the day one. He does not like house chores. He does, it's not like he doesn't do them, but he doesn't like them. I didn't say that so way. if, <laughs> so, and then that, in fact, he said that he doesn't mind paying for help, right? Because he doesn't like to do them. It would be unfair for me to say he has told me that he doesn't like it. And then I expect, I just expect that every good husband should do A, B, and C. Do you understand? So for any time, like I sleep and wake up and the plates are clean and sitting, it's like a rose flower. It's like somebody came and gave me rose. Do you understand? It's, it's like, ah, it feels good. Do you understand? Because I know that he went out of his comfort to do something because it would make me happy. Do you understand? So communicate expectations, communicate them verbally, not with sign body language. Do you understand? Communicate your expectation. If you marry and you expect that your husband will be doing PDA with you outside, let him know. Don't come back and say, you don't love me, I'm setting. You don't love me because, no, because you haven't said what you really want. And they always make, they always complain about women that we are hard to understand. If you communicate yourself, maybe they will change their mind about us. What do you do when you find out you're in a relationship that God did not consent to, but you feel that you cannot leave? What's the... It should come out, Abby. We're all agreed on that one. Okay. Let me not just run through. So I understand sometimes some people may feel they have invested emotionally t and time, time-wise. But like you said, like you clearly said, God hasn't consented to this relationship. So you should value, I believe as Christians, we should value God's voice, God's opinion, God's law above our emotions, right? So if he has not permitted this, why are you still there? And I really want us to grow into that space where we honestly trust that God has our best interest at heart. Do you understand? A doctor, an oncologist, will treat you knowing that that will cause pain to you, but so that you can be healed. Amen? They are going to take out the cancerous cells or the tumor out of your body by causing pain in you. So that the end, goal, the end goal is so that you can be healed. Are you with me? And God is the great physician. So when we're asking for healing sometimes, be careful what you're asking for. Because some things he will want you to separate yourself. Amen. So if that person is listening, because this was asked two weeks ago, if you're here or you're online, just submit to God's healing hands. That's what I'll say. And the end goal is God, God is not wicked. God is not wicked. God wants you to prosper. Amen. All right. Okay. Um, what does submission in marriage actually look like? Let us open to Ephesians 6. 
five, pardon me. So it's it's been a conversation everywhere, right? Like, um, but people often forget to read. They, they quote Ephesians 5.22 a lot. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. But they forget to read verse 21. And can we read verse 21 together? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. One more time. You have just read it up. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So it is submit to one another. Submission is not exclusively for women to submit. The Bible tells us to submit to one another. Paul tells us in Romans 12, was it 13, to outdo one another in showing honor. Amen. So Christians in the body of Christ, we are to submit to one another. Now, he's now saying, women, wives, submit to your husbands. How? As unto the Lord. I've never seen any woman that has an issue with submission. If, like, people that have issues with submission have issues when it's, it's now like um, the husband is Lord over them. I've never seen any woman that has an issue with submission when, if you read further down, the, the Bible, um, Paul now tells the husband to what? Love their wives as Christ loves his bride, the church. So, in a way, he's even calling the husband to a higher calling than submission. What did Christ do for the church? He literally laid down his life for her. So, for everybody that is saying wives must submit, see the next verses that says you must lay down your life for your wife. I've never seen any woman that has an issue submitting to a man that um, is willing to lay down his life for her. Does that make sense? So, um, submission doesn't mean subservience. It doesn't mean that become my servant. Amen. Yeah. Okay, um, let's open to First Peter 3. Let me try the... Okay. Okay, I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. It says, In the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands, subordinate, not as inferior, but out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to husbands and their accountability to God, and so partnering with them so that even if some do not obey the word of God, they may be won over to Christ without, discuss, without discussion by the godly lives of their wives. When they see your modest and respectful behavior, together with your devotion and appreciation, love your husband, encourage him, and enjoy him as a blessing from God. Praise God. So, and then we read, sorry, I just want to quickly read. Let's go back to the Ephesians 5. But let's start from, I'm going to read NLT. Let's start from verse 15. So it says, be, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, 
Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And then it goes down to spirit-guided relationship and further submit one another out of reverence to Christ. So I, I read First Peter 3 as a background to what submission means because it says it's not as, of, not, not as inferior, but in partnership with. So it's, it's almost like if two of you are walking, if, if two people are walking from here to the gate and somebody is carrying two full bags of things, it's, it's not inferiority for you to call, ask for one bag to hold while the two of you walk to the gate. Do you understand what I'm saying? Submission according to Christ is what Christ did for us. It says, why submit your husband out of reverence to Christ? How does the church respond to Christ in submission? We follow his leadership. We understand where Christ is going and we follow. We partner with Christ in the things that God has left us to do on earth. And that's how it is also in marriage. Submission is not subservience. Submission is not being a doormat. Submission is not um, everything else that the world has called you to be. Most of the time when we ask this question, we ask it in light of the experiences of other people that are doing submission the wrong way. I think that if you actually sit down and study, let me just give you an assignment. When you go back, read First Peter and read Ephesians 5. When you are reading Ephesians 5, read from verse 1. Read it in as many Bible translations as possible. And then you understand exactly what Paul was saying to the Ephesian church when he was speaking about submission. Paul was not saying it because he saw 2022 how people were dealing with their wives. He was speaking to a particular people and he was addressing a particular concern so that you understand exactly what the scripture is saying, not in light of our experience, but our experience will now shine in light of what the scripture is saying. If the scripture is saying submission is partnership, then submission is partnership. If they say submit out of reverence to Christ, when you are doing some things that are not right, ask yourself, am I revering Christ? Am I revering God by doing the things that I'm doing? So if you say in submission, they are doing something that does not please God, according to scripture, that is not submission because it's not in reverence to God. Do you understand? So everything that you do when it comes, so it's easy for me to submit, to defer to his leadership because I know he's accountable to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which is exactly how the scripture puts it. It says partner with him because of the responsibility placed on them because they are accountable to God. It is tricky, right? It is very, very, very tricky. But you must understand what your place is. At the end of the day, when you die, it's you alone that's going to face God. You are not facing God with your husband. And let me just tell you, when you stand before God, it's not an excuse to say, I did X, Y, and Z because I married. God is not going to hear that excuse from you. So you must understand that everything you do must be in reverence to Christ. But when you look at submission in light of what God has called them to do to love like Christ, your job is easy. Because if you look at Christ and the church, our own is to receive the gifts that God has given us. Trust him, allow him lead us. But Christ had to die for us in while we were yet sinners. When we're not getting it right, men, Christ died for us. So submission is not a precursor for your love action. Your love action is supposed to birth our submission. If you love like Christ, it is wired in us to submit to your love except those that have coconut head. So. Great word right there, great word. God bless you, um, Pastor Eva. Um, 
honestly, our heart is, and just seeing one of the, well, this, this, this is what we're rounding up with. Um, just seeing all the stories out there, right? Uh, it seems like it's bad marriages that are making um, the headlines, right? And making the news. And I want to tell you that you can allow God write your own story. Amen. Like, you can allow God write your own story. And for any unmarried person here, you should start now by allowing God, allowing God write your own story. Like, how do I become a full child of God? How do I walk in the fullness of God? And you start there, Eva, you know, when she was answering the question about what it means to be a good wife, she said, I walk on being a good child of God first. So that's what I'm going to say to everybody here. Please, it is, it is, it's going to be, it is our dream that we build godly marriages here, and we are part of the stories of building godly homes as well. Hallelujah. And I am trusting that that is going to happen. So that's why we're arming you to know God and make him known in your relationships, in your marriages, and in your homes as you build them in Jesus' name. I wish that you prosper. I don't want us to be at the top of our careers, at the top of whatever it is that we have ambitions for, and our marriages and our homes are suffering. Hallelujah. I want that we will have children. This place, uh, a, a tribe will be a place where we're building godly marriages, godly homes, and godly children. Hallelujah. Guys, it is possible. If you come across any blog posts, and you see this particular person maybe used to rate their marriage, and you're just like, um, wow, like is there, any, is there any good marriage now? You know, and you start to feel, just remind yourself what, what Pastor Jesse is saying this morning, that God is able to write your story. It's even possible that you've come from a home where failed marriages possibly, or you've been in a place where your parents were in an abusive relationship. But your story can be different. Hallelujah. That's why the gospel must prevail. The gospel changes everything, guys. So Jesus said, uh, uh, we've been, I mean, the Bible tells us we've been baptized into Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Now, yes, we enjoy salvation, and yes, the end goal is eternity. But this thing we are told can be can, can this river of love that we're experiencing now can enter into our marriages and our homes. Are you with me? Amen. I want you to make up your mind from today, and that's what we're going to close with. Pastor Eva is going to pray, and I'll just round up the prayers. That's what we're going to close with. That if this thing we truly believe, if God really exists, if Jesus really came, he died, was buried, and he resurrected, then we can have great homes and great marriages. Are you with me, tribe? All these other things, these questions, I know um, you may have different questions. Some of you may even have now that we may not be able to answer in the moment. But yes, we are here for you. But make up your mind that one, God is more interested in this thing more than you are. He's more interested in your love life than you are interested in. And he's more interested in your marriage working than you are interested in it working. He's more interested in you becoming full and whole. He's more interested in your sexual life. So tribe, 
God has called us to enjoy him. And I want us to enjoy marriages. I want us to enjoy our homes in Jesus' name. Everyone, can you just bow your head? Just bow your head. And I want you to make that commitment. I just say, Lord, my story is going to be your story. Lord, I'm giving you the pen and you're going to write out my story. Some of you may be coming from so many past hurts, relationships, broken, broken hearts. And it's hard for you to trust again. I really love that everybody in the room prays this prayer because it's very important. A marriage can make or mar you. And even if you've made several mistakes before, I just want you to know God's redeeming blood and power is able to heal to the uttermost. God is able to redeem to the uttermost. For those of us who are married in the building, I want you to just pray over your spouse right now. Pray for your children. Regardless of what we've experienced in our growing up, regardless of what we've experienced, just say, Lord, I am giving you the pages of my life to write. And I know you can write and you will write a great story. Just come on, everybody, just make this confession. can you just round up prayers hallelujah just very quickly if you are married here can you just stand and I want everybody to stretch your hands towards um, our married family members I just want us to secure our homes and our families somebody's married before you stand you standing to stretch your hands towards them and pray just pray we know what the enemy is doing. We know the enemy is changing the narrative. He's changing the story. He's changing it because he doesn't want other successful marriages to happen. He wants to reduce the number of godly homes, godly offsprings, godly children. He wants to reduce the influence of Christ upon the earth. I want us to just pray that these examples will go forth and shine as lights to the world in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray that these stories see these stories and be confident people will see these stories and change their minds people will see the stories and do the right thing they'll follow the god way they will see that it's possible i want us to pray i want us to create like a shield around these homes that the enemy will not find an inroad the enemy will not use people's temper the enemy will not use people's experience the enemies will not use our selfishness our pride he will not use this as inroads into our families into our children in the name of jesus and as, as just the point, if you are standing, I want you to stretch your hand towards everyone sitting down. And I want you to bless them that in this house, we will all make it. In this house, we will all get it right. In this house, we will be lights. We will be lights that shine in the dark places. We will be what God will use as his testimony for evangelism, his tool to proclaim to the world that God is our father. And he's a good father. And we will use this as, as to show the 
family of God and we'll use it to display the right heart and the right attitude in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Father, we commend this entire body to you. We know, God, that you have the words of life. So we pray that the words that have been planted in their hearts through your scriptures will grow and bear fruit a thousandfold in the name of Jesus. We receive testimonies of everyone, married or married. We receive testimonies that their homes are flourishing. They are not hiding behind bright smiles. They are not crying in the night. They are living, they are living testaments of the goodness of God in a righteous and godly home in the name of Jesus. Nothing will steal their testimony. Nothing will steal their joy. Nothing will steal their love. We pray that they will burn brighter and brighter and brighter in the name of Jesus. Father, we cancel every wrong decision that's about to be made in the name of Jesus. Father, we destroy any inroad of people who want to take advantage of people in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that our ears are open to hear you. Our hearts are open to perceive the things that you are showing to us, oh God. We see as you see, we hear as you hear, and we follow based on instruction and obedience in the name of Jesus. We release your blessing over our homes and our families, and we say it is well with our families. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. You may have your seats. God bless you. Um... Thank you so much for listening. We hope you were blessed by the message. To listen to more, consider subscribing, sharing, and rating the podcast. We love you.